happy to be talking with the man whose father sold me my class ring way back in the day, my Cairo High School class of 1980 ring. Ben Ballou's kid Buck is with us now. Buck Ballou, here to talk about, among other things, a book he has out, a book he'll be signing tomorrow, G-Day down at Sanford Stadium. Buck Ballou, a pleasure to talk to you. Man, it is great to be on the show and say you you hit me hard with a mention of my dad. I really miss dad. He's He passed away 10 years ago and I think about him every day and uh, you know, just really excited about the book coming out and, uh, you know, thankful you invited me to be a part of your show. Well, you know, growing up down there in Cairo, you and I about the same age. I remember hearing about this kid over at Valdosta High School and, and the battles that Valdosta had in those days with, with uh, folks like those Thomasville Bulldogs. There were state championships on the line. There were national championships on the line when those two teams hooked up back in those days. And this kid, this freshman, Buck Ballou, is starting at quarterback for the Valdosta Wildcats, I believe Coach Nick Heider at that time. Uh, what was that like? What was it like being that kid? Well, gosh, I grew up like hundreds of other kids just going to their games on Friday night and watching Wright Bazemore's Valdosta Wildcats. They, on average, you know, he coached for 25-something years, and they were winning the state basically every other year is the way it all shook down. So we got used to uh, winning and winning big and winning state championships, and all the, the boys, like myself, dreamed of the day that we would be able to put on that Valdosta Wildcat uniform <laughs> and go out and be a part of a state championship team. And so that freshman year was a hard dose of reality for me. Uh, look, let's be honest. I, I was not ready to be the starting quarterback my freshman year. The starter decided to quit three weeks before the season started. The backup quarterback sprained his ankle and was out. And they had no choice but to tell the third string guy to get in there. And I tell you, I was terrible. I, I led the league in interceptions, and and we finished the year three and seven. And we were waking up in Valdosta on Saturday morning with for sale signs out in the front yard. And uh, Dad would go out there and rip them up out of the ground. And you know, he he said, "Son, you're going to have to start playing better, or we're going to have to move." somewhere else so <laughs> well, that first year was tough man it was tough and i learned one of the most important lessons of my life though uh, we ended that season with a loss to one of the albany schools i think it was westover uh, albany high but we finished three and seven and that friday night in the locker room after the game nick Hyder said the off-season program starts monday at 6 a.m and we went to work and I learned a very important lesson that in life you can outwork the competition, and that's exactly what we did. That second year, I played better, uh, the team, but we finished 10-2, and two, went to the state playoffs, and I just checked that off as a lesson learned in life, and I've been using it ever since and had to do it here in the radio business that you've got to put in the work. And I learned that lesson that 
the hard way that year, playing so terribly that freshman year. Uh, played well enough, though, Buck Ballou, to ultimately find himself at Georgia, winning that national championship in 1980, and thus the book, uh, Inside the Hedges. You can get that book at InsideTheHedges.com, and of course, he'll be signing that book Saturday in advance of the G-Day game. Now, you were recruited by Georgia and Vince Dooley. You were recruited by a lot of folks, uh, and you chose Georgia. Uh contrast that with the kid who just won the national championship here. Uh, I had as many offers as Stetson Bennett probably did. I mean, you came and he came at this from completely different places to end up in the same place with a national championship. Uh, How do you reflect on that? Well, I'm just so proud of Stetson Bennett, and I'm so impressed with Stetson Bennett. Uh, I've been always a big admirer of the guy that can persevere, and those are the winners in life because we're all gonna, we're all going to hit hard times at some point in time, and you got to persevere. and And he certainly did that. Uh, you know, I, I like to consider us the same, really, because we were we we're both South Georgia boys. You know, <laughs> we, uh, you know, I like to think they grow us a, maybe a little tougher down there in South Georgia. <laughs> so I always looked at it that way, but. He won me over with his performance. And, look, I was one of the ones wondering why JT Daniels wasn't in there last season. But uh, through his great performance, uh, he won me over during that that process. Talk for a couple of minutes about that that very special team you were a part of. I think until Keely Ringo intercepted that pass against Alabama, you and, and Lindsey Scott laid claim to maybe the biggest play in the history of Georgia football. Now you have a little company there. When did you folks know, and I know you write about this in the book, when did you folks get a sense that this could really be a special season? Well, you know, just the first game alone, uh, the one of the biggest comebacks in Georgia history, playing SEC football on the road in Tennessee, and just to see what Herschel did in that second half to to lead and sort of lead us uh, to the comeback. We're down fifteen nothing at halftime, and and come back and win sixteen to fifteen with Herschel scoring twice in the second half. So, you know, I learned another great lesson that day, and that was Mike Cavan, uh, who was a running back coach that. When we went into the locker room losing, uh, he immediately, I heard him talking to Coach George Hafner, our offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, and he went, Coach Cavan went over and told him, we Herschel needs to start the second half. And I remember George Hafner, and I write about this in the book, George Hafner says, well, looked at Coach Dooley and said, well, you're going to have to go tell him, <laughs> basically meaning that, that Coach Dooley wasn't a big fan of these freshmen being in, uh, put in the middle of the, some tough spots. But, uh, you know, when Kevin went up, Mike went right over there and looked at Coach Dooley and said, Herschel needs to start the second half. And Coach Dooley said, put him in there. And, you know, the rest is sort of history at that point in time. But I, the lesson I learned there is, look, when something's got to be said, yeah, then you need to step up and say it. And Mike Cavan didn't hesitate with that. Again, that book, Inside the Hedges, uh, a quarterback's journey to a national championship. I heard you telling this story the other day. He said, if not for, and I'll let you connect these dots, if not for an episode on the Seinfeld show, this book might not have come to pass. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So, you know, I get these other people that are calling me saying we're, you know, writing this book on the 80 season. And, you know, a lot of these people I know personally. So, you know, I... Uh, it was a little, uh, you know, wondering what how I was going to handle that because, you know, 30, 30 years ago, I thought maybe, uh, you know, doing this one day. 
I just didn't know when I was going to do it. And so, uh, you know, maybe I hurt some feelings along the way, but I'm watching the Seinfeld episode, this rerun, and Kramer is telling these great stories at the bar. And uh, the guys surrounding him are just howling, laughing loudly. And uh, then he ends up selling his stories to Helene's publisher, and they come out with a book. And so they flash forward to Kramer at the bar trying to – they said, Kramer, tell that story about the Appalachian Trail. And he started to tell it, and they said, hold on now. You sold those stories. Uh, (laughs) You can't be telling those anymore. And I promise you the very next day I had a very respected writer uh, call me up the very next day and want me to – basically uh, talk about the 1980 season and you know I politely declined and wished him well with the book but just and explain that you know maybe one day I was going to do uh, come out with a book so you know so that, that Seinfeld episode really helped me out I think <laughs> Buck Ballou again signing copies of this book Sanford Stadium G-Day game tomorrow where are you going to be uh, so UGA bookstore. I, I assume they'll have a setup inside. I, I will look I hear for there's you. There's going to be some rain coming. So yeah, yeah I'm a little concerned about that. That's a little concerned for the G Day game on Saturday. We'll we'll pray that that holds off long enough to get the game in and the book copy signed. InsideTheHedges.com. You can find the book there. InsideTheHedges.com. All of that lowercase. Buck Baloo, Best of luck with the book. Thanks for your time this morning. Hey, it's so great. I appreciate it. And look, I, one of the motivations, too, is to be able to talk about some of the guys that didn't get enough credit along the way. And we had guys like Jimmy Payne from Athens, Cedar Shoals, who was uh, one of the top guys on the team getting the job done that year. So this also allows me to really brag on a lot of the coaches and players. You know, I'm trying not to make it all about me. It's from my view and my perspective, but I'm able to talk about a lot of the guys that certainly didn't get the credit that they deserved along the way. So I'm just uh, really excited and and hope it'll be well-received. We appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, good luck. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man.